Welcome to Inside Games, the only gaming news show brave enough to spin a decline in game spending as the complete end of the world. Oh, that's right, gamers. Games are canceled. Love, it's over. Punk is finally dead. Ah, if only we were meaner to Cyberpunk or Diablo Immortal, we could have prevented this cataclysmic. Horrible 10% decline in consumer spending. Man, it is unclear how we will all survive through Lord, she said 10%? Was it just a 10% decline? <laughs> That's uh, really normal, considering that we're still adjusting back to normal after the incredible surge of spending, thanks to the 2020 pandemic when everybody was inside playing video games. Hey, you know what, Bruce? I'm totally right. Oh, okay. All right. So, hey, we, uh, hey, we got to put some fire into this, right? This is, ga this is gaming true. news. People need a little drama. I know. The gamers got to be angry or else we're not doing it right, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so in that case, we have some extremely sexy and downright scandalous sales charts to share with you today. Ooh, there they Ooh, hot. Yeah. Ooh, boy. <laughs> Those are Bar sexy. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh, but no horny on main. Uh, NPD Group Executive Director Matt Piscatella released their market analysis numbers late last week. It shows a very interesting snapshot of the current state of the games industry. Huh. So did your favorite video game platform outsell all the others, thereby justifying the rightness of your taste and your chosen <laughs> entertainment ecosystem? Keep watching to find out. We used to call it console wars. It's a little more wordy now. Yeah, but you know, everybody gets it. Uh, the report's biggest, not necessarily surprising revelation is that first half spending in 2022 is $26.3 down 10% compared to last year in 2021. Piscatella notes that subscription content spending is the only category that actually grew in this time span, though clearly not enough to offset the larger declines in hardware and software spending. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Piscatella hangs the decline on some common sense factors. People spending money outside or experiential spending. Higher prices on food and fuel that cut into people's discretionary funds and just in general, a lighter release slate for games in the first half of this year. Also continuing to note disruptions in hardware supply for consoles and accessories like controllers. Mm -hmm. uh, supply disruptions didn't stop the PlayStation 5 from earning the most money during the first half of 2022 again. Although the Switch actually outsold the PS5 in terms of raw unit sales. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Xbox yeah. consoles were also on sale, apparently, <laughs> though uh, Microsoft stopped reporting their console sales back in 2015, choosing instead to opt for Xbox Live numbers, which even they haven't shared a whole lot of lately. So it's kind of really hard to square all these companies off in the ring against each other in terms of sales. Mm, that won't stop us, though, Lawrence. We got some clown math right. to do. <laughs> Last we heard from Sony in May, the PS5 had sold 19.3 million units. Estimates from VG Charts in April put the Xbox Series X and S at 13.8 million sales. And finally, good guy Nintendo just posts the sales numbers directly on its investor relations website. Thank you, Nintendo. And they report the Switch has sold 107.65 million units to date. So to summarize, same narrative, really. PlayStation's paddling Xbox, while Nintendo just outsells them both and laughs in residual Mario Kart sales. Uh, and speaking of Mario Kart, the damn game is still in the sales charts, <laughs> ranking in ninth. <laughs> on year-to-date sales in the U.S. for 2022 so far. How are they doing? They're never going to release another Mario Kart if they keep selling the previous Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, why would they? That's that's yeah. the whole story of Nintendo this generation. Why would we do another one? Nintendo actually owns the most real estate on the sales high scoreboards, occupying seven out of the top 20 sales spots for year-to-date 2022. Old releases like uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Animal Crossing still selling, while new releases Pokemon Legends Arceus, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, both broke the top 10, so they're just, they're, they are dominating as always. Yeah, there's a fun narrative in there too. The software charts show that Elden Ring's 
Cinderella's story has yet to end, which I guess would mean Torrent turns into a pumpkin, I guess, when it <laughs> drops out of the charts. Uh, it's a weird analogy, but Elden Ring is the top selling game for the entire first half of 2022. Yeah, good for From, that's great. Uh, the software charts for June specifically show some interesting results. Overwatch returned to the top 10 in sales thanks to the Overwatch 2 beta back in June. Final Fantasy VII Remake rocketed from 159th place to 9th place in sales. Uh, which Piscatella attributes to promotional events around Final Fantasy VII's 25th anniversary. Eurogamer reports that declines also hit the PC space specifically, with analyst firm Gartner reporting a 12.6% decline in PC shipments in Q2 2022. According to Gartner, this represents the sharpest decline in nine years. Oh, wow. It's a little rough, yeah. Probable causes here are Russia's ongoing war with Ukraine, inflation, and a lack of demand for low-cost Chromebooks, presumably for education. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, there's good news, though. The gaming PC space looks a lot better than the PC market in general. Ampered analysis predicts a decline of just 3% in the uh, PC gaming space, with revenues dropping from $35.3 billion to $34.2 billion. Not, not too bad. Uh, they also point to Russia's invasion of Ukraine being a huge factor here, noting that Russia was the 10th biggest games market and predict 1.2 billion in lost value because of the war going on over there. Even mobile games are retracting, though not as much as premium games. God damn them. <laughs> games industry reports the latest results from analyst firm Sensor Tower, which shows a 6.6% decline in consumer spending in the first half of the year compared to the same window last year. Mobile still rakes in the spending, though. The total of $41.2 billion, which Ooh. is... Yeah, almost double the console or PC spaces. Ugh, I am. I like spending money. <laughs> they do on our phones. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really easy, it turns out. <laughs> Honor of Kings and PUBG Mobile earned the most in that time span with each game generating more than $1 billion in spending. Man, that's mm. insane. And anytime people are talking about how bad mobile games are and all these gotcha games, Nobody wants those microtransactions. Turns out everybody wants those microtransactions. Yeah. And they're all spending the money to say it. And you know we got to check up on everybody's love to hate it mobile game, Diablo Immortal. Has it made him a billion dollars yet? <laughs> Probably not. No, Bruce. We all, we all fought against it, right? And that worked. Yeah. We all put it in the ground and it's gone forever. Well, hold on. The oh. game only launched last month, so it doesn't show up in the first half 2022 mobile revenue. But apparently it did make the top 10 earning mobile games in the U.S., for June 2022. Whoops. Oh! <laughs> ah. Yeah, we don't know how much it earned. We have some some like model-based predictions. We reported on those before, and I know mm. a lot of people are rooting for it to fail, so there'd be less games like it, but... <laughs> yeah, somehow all the bitter Reddit threads and huffy YouTubers bemoaning the downfall of gaming itself <laughs> didn't prevent people from spending money on the game, because uh, <laughs> that happened, and turns out the world keeps spinning. Sun rose today, uh -huh. so... Yeah. I don't know, maybe there were a bunch of... Ah, I hate to harp on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan either, all right? I stopped playing it, but anyway. No, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I'm not playing it. I didn't give it any money or anything, yeah. and, but a lot of people did, mm -hmm. so I don't know what to say. Yeah, and society is still somehow hanging together. <laughs> but we do have one small bit of info we want to share. If you want to be smug about Diablo Immortal, the game still hasn't been approved for release in China. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. We can hang your hat on that one. Seeking Alpha covered the latest slate of games approved by China's National Press and Publication Administration this month, noting that it still contained no games from Diablo Immortal co-developer NetEase. Uh, as long as that continues, we are unlikely to see Diablo Immortal rank in on any worldwide revenue charts. But boy, oh boy, when that hits uh, China, woof. It's yeah. just going to shoot up into the stars. NetEase's stock is probably going to shoot up. It's oh, yeah. it's wild how these monthly reports will come out of the games that have been approved, 
And that day, whatever company gets approved, their stock goes up, everyone else goes down. So mm -hmm. it's kind of scary when you, when like a state agency controls the economic futures of so many private companies that way. But Welcome to communism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yep. what that is. So I don't know, Brie, what, what do you make out of all these numbers? I know you like watching industries move. and I love watching. I, I, no, yeah. And to me, like the, I know, yes, the gaming industry follows its own path. However, it generally follows the path of industry. It follows the path of entertainment industry. So like if Netflix subscribers go down, which they did, then you're going to probably see a decline in games. You're probably going to see a decline in uh, television revenue, probably see a decline in, you know, ad revenue spent for TV. And then also in movies, you see a decline in people, you know, not going to the movies as much. It all follows that. And that's what's happening right now with our economy, with the global economy. Uh, we are, you know, kind of on the precipice of a recession. Uh, there's inflation's through the roof. So everybody's sort of spending money on what they need, not what they want. And the pandemic exploded video games. I mean, you couldn't get your hands on a Switch. Those were outsold in 2020. It was just, it was such an interesting time to be part of the gaming industry like we were in 2020 and watching it explode. Lawrence, you and I have talked offline so much about this, but I would always say it's going to decline. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to happen. Um, and truthfully, it took a lot longer than I thought it would to decline. I thought it was going to decline in 2021 and it kind of didn't. Uh, but then 2022, we're finally seeing people going, they're touching grass, Lawrence. Yeah. That's what the, that's what's happening. They're touching grass. <laughs> and uh, I think that's good. I think that we're all sort of going back to normal very, very slowly. I know COVID, you know, the pandemic's not over, but we're getting very slowly back to normal. That's a, that's an interesting observation. Yeah, I, th I guess I expected a light switch to get flipped off too, but it does yeah. seem to be more of a gradient. And it seems like they're still retracting tumblers that are well above what they were pre-pandemic. So the surge helped insofar as there's more money in the industry now. The narrative that I see emerging out of this is, okay, so COVID hit, a ton of consumer spending flooded into the games industry. That was followed by a ton of investment because we see all the spending now. So all these projects and studios get funded and get off the ground. And now that we're entering recession and the value of a dollar is starting to go down, all of that money is getting put into mergers and acquisitions. So that's right. I've heard a lot of stories about, and we've even seen it. What was it? Haven, the company, oh, or yeah. the studio that Sony bought. They haven't, they haven't released anything yet, but yeah. it's a promising, you know, probably venture capital startup. And Sony's out there hunting for for good partners to acquire. I've seen, uh, in addition to that, a couple of other companies of people that went to VC firms in 2021, got some money, and now they're in talks to be acquired, and they haven't even shipped anything yet. Yeah. So I think the end result will be that the COVID surge will lead to more games, but from fewer overall companies, because you have these huge yes. companies snapping up everything. So yeah, it, it, in that way, Bruce, to your point, it kind of mimics, I think, what we're seeing with film. There's so many movies coming out from fewer and fewer companies, but they're all That's just right. cranking on overdrive to make the media for people to consume. It's an interesting time. And, uh, and by the way, also not the greatest time for a lot of people. Um, and it's kind of one of those things that we're talking about video games. Uh, I say this a lot on my stream. I always say these are optional. Don't spend the money if you're like, you know, like, oh, I'm kind of on the fence about if I should buy Stray or whatever. Don't. Save the money for food. <laughs> Save the money for rent. Like, it, games are not as important as you think they are. And and I, I promise you in the next year or so, you're, it, that, that will probably come more into focus uh, than we want it to. Um, because, uh, you know, we I would love to be able to have a, hey, a bunch of money to throw around on whatever, but... It's not always the case. <laughs> it made me think about, there was that one small takeaway that uh, subscription spending was the only thing going up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as budgets tighten, I think it'll be a lot easier to justify a $15 a month game pass versus a $60 or $70 purchase all at once. That's right. Um, yeah, over the course of a year, you can kind of budget around 
you know, $120 a year for Game Pass, that's two games basically, but I know I can basically get my gaming value added over the year. Right. I think we're gonna see, yeah, more money moving into subscription services, which all go to huge companies versus those a la carte purchases that might go out to the more indie or double A things. And then that means the indie games have to get swept up under those subscription services too. So they'll be in the they'll be in the room negotiating with Sony and Xbox to get on their services. So yeah, it's the money the money's gonna start going to weird spots. I feel like the money's gonna go to big companies and then big companies will decide how it filters down. That's what happens uh, when things like the, the recession happen or you know pullback happen. It all sort of uh, it's the it's the tide going out. It recedes into the bigger the uh, bigger conglomerates and um, it's just part of capitalism. It's part of our system. So, instead, save your money, spend it on indies if you want to support indies. You know, like, that's what I would do if I would just, you know, spend the three bucks here, the ten bucks here, whatever, on little games on Steam or, uh, you know, whatever whatever else. Or spend the 15 bucks a month on Game Pass, you'll get a hundred indies, and then you'll get the three big guys. So, you know, I, I, I still think Game Pass is easily the best deal, and maybe, like you said, Lawrence, the easiest to budget. Good news is, Bruce, we got a couple of patrons that sponsor this show to make sure our numbers are always going up. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Cosner, Nick Calderon, Jeffrey Rogers, Ray Pichardo, and Raolo. Thank you for making the inside game stonk, swell to the heavens. <laughs> Here are some patrons with uh, growing figures. Oh, I, I shouldn't have said it that way. Uh, Weave It, Xander, Dan Halloran, Izzy, Keita White, and Nathaniel Jameson. I apologize for saying it that way. 